Hello, Penn Medicine, and welcome to the Well-Focused Podcast. I'm Mitch Sherman, and today we have Lauren Hess, Employee Health and Well-Being Supervisor from our Lancaster General Health location. Lauren, how are you today? I am good, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. You know, I know it's a Monday. It's, you know, around the holidays, so it's kind of slow, but how was your weekend? Uh It was actually very good. I had um, a day to just kind of putter around my house and get things done. And I love days like that because it just feels like, you know, I've accomplished something and I can hit the week uh, ready to go. It is kind of nice. You know, it's one of those things where you have a greater appreciation for things like that as, as you get older. I feel like there was a meme I saw a couple years ago. It was like the older you get, the greater appreciation of socks is like a present. Oh, my gosh. Totally. I saw one recently that was like all of my childhood punishments have become my goals. Like, like I want to take a nap. I want to like, you know I mean? like, eat a whole meal, you know, <laughs> like. Eating your vegetables, and now I have a whole podcast about telling people to make sure you eat vegetables. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But one reason why, listeners, I wanted to have Lauren on is to talk about a word that's been very, very prevalent over the last two years, and not that it didn't have any meaning prior to, you know, the start of COVID now, which, yes, somehow we are approaching the end of year two of COVID, but the word is burnout. And this is top of mind for corporations all over, people outside of the workforce as well. But, you know, Lauren, what I wanted to ask you is what is your definition, your interpretation of the word burnout? Um, I think when we look at burnout, like we've been looking at the science of it, right? And, you know, partnering with Limeade has been amazing because they've done some really awesome research and diving into like what burnout really means and looks like and the messaging that we share is is in line with that whereas like burnout is really kind of a a culmination of a number of different symptoms right so like you're looking at just like extreme exhaustion but then like beyond even that you know bone tired kind of exhaustion that that cynicism that kind of can creep into your day-to-day experience um and then also i think what ultimately can come about if the tools and resources that you have or that are available to you, like aren't being used or you're not able to use them effectively, like you get to this point of inefficacy, right? Where I just feel like I don't make a difference. I don't have any more to give here. And like you kind of mentally and emotionally maybe check out. So I do like, I like that kind of multifaceted look at it. Yeah. I really like that too, because you know, you're obviously over at LGH and, you know, on, I guess, the more Philadelphia side of things. Mm-hmm. We uh, talk about burnout a lot as well, obviously. And those words didn't necessarily come up. You definitely have similar thoughts, but I really like, you know, cynicism or checking out. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes apathy, which is definitely not what we want in a healthcare industry, right. especially right. in the midst of a global pandemic kind of also hit that like and maybe you guys are using this term too this um compassion fatigue that kind of like over and over this like can i continue to keep caring and an analogy for that too is i remember at the beginning of of the pandemic so you know spring 2020 um i was tasked with facilitating a lot of donations to a lot of our entities and Mm -hmm. we were getting tons and tons of companies and people and 
other organizations reaching out to donate things, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's food. Mm -hmm. And there was so much compassion coming our way. And then all of a sudden it kind of, you know, fizzled out towards the end of summer. And then it became something where we started reaching out for various events, yeah. whether it's Nurses Week or Employee Health and Wellbeing Month or something like that. And all of a sudden it was just, yeah, people might have been checked out of that compassion. It's another really good point. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's been this um, continued climb, right? And and I think we were using a lot in the beginning of all of this, this cause, and, and we've worn this word out too, but the resilience, right? I mean, obviously the people who are still here doing this hard work are the most resilient people alive. I mean, to be standing here on the front lines and caring for people every day while this thing kind of just goes on and on and on. And then, you know, I think when we talk about well-being and whether, you know, you can't just talk about like work well-being, like well-being is a human experience, right? So like it's it's this whole like work-life integration and so much of work has, you know, kind of transferred into like are outside of work life. And then so much of outside of work life is transferring into work life. And so how do you kind of create that boundary for yourself? Or how do you stay on top of the knowledge and the things you need to know without burning yourself out on information too, right? Like how do you kind of just maintain a functioning space right now? You know, like forget the thriving, like we'll get there, but like how can we just kind of like maintain and be functional? Yeah, I really like that you said work-life integration because mm -hmm. I feel like collectively we've shifted away from using the terms work-life balance because that's right. become such a hard goal to reach. The fact that balance needs to be a goal is, you know, another conversation too. Mm -hmm. um, but also, yeah, you know, parts of work seeping into our uh, outside of work lives and vice versa. And, and those lines become very blurred, particularly for yeah. those that work remotely. Um, totally. And, or, you know, you're working a 12-hour shift as a nurse, and, and you're seeing a lot of different things you might not have seen before in the last mm -hmm. two years. And it's one of those things where it's it's not easy just to be like, okay, like I'm clocking out and going home. I'm leaving right. this potentially traumatic experience back in totally. the ICU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are carrying a lot more around, I think, day to day. And and like you mentioned, like we've no I mean, burnout has been on our radar, I think, in well being for a number of years. It's just the situation of the past two years has really elevated it so that, you know, you can't not see it from whatever vantage point you're at. And so kind of like how can we get to that point of everybody understanding what it is, understanding that like we can we can get through it, we can work through it, we can create new things in the future, but it is kind of what it is right now. And and I guess maybe that's where like we've, and recently we did the um, leadership training series through Limeade about burnout. So it was three weeks of probably 10 to 15 minute clips where managers specifically can go in and learn about like what burnout is, how it's affecting your people, and how how we can help or how you can kind of help shift the culture within like your own department to help with it because um i think when we say burnout it's easy to be like oh yeah you're exhausted you're tired just like go take a break but it's so much more than that it's like 
the the things that you're doing day to day to day, right? Like our days create, our weeks create, our months create, our years create, our lives. So it's like how like day to day are we kind of tuning in and taking care of ourselves and then taking care of our, our employees if we're a manager or our patients if that's if that's our task or our peers, that kind of we, we received a bunch of feedback of from managers after going through this series that um, it was just really great to learn this stuff. You know, like they've never really dove into the science of of well-being and burnout. So, yeah, and it's interesting that it's it's now is the time that people mm. are exploring this because one, it's not like people weren't burnt out before the pandemic, and right. two, we're approaching year three of the pandemic, yeah. and now we're just talking about the science of I it. know, and okay. you know, I think when the pandemic just you know when it started. There was a lot of things thrown at people. Obviously, we talked about donations already, you know, mindfulness, living in the moment. Those were, I mean, how many times have you practiced or even heard the word mindfulness in yes. February 2020? Uh, virtual exercise classes. Um, <laughs> Peloton is now a household name and a yeah. household item for a lot of people. Um, but yeah. what is it that people are learning now? What can we do differently what new strategies are being implemented or would you like to see implemented to combat this? We're always looking at the data and the feedback and the information that we have to kind of decide where we're going to go next. Right. So we're, so the biggest thing we've heard in, in um, at Lancaster general is the, is the middle management, right? The middle managers, mm -hmm. they're being squeezed from the top and then they're being pulled on from the, from the, the employees that they're supporting. And like, it is just such a grind at that point. Um, and I think one of the things that we have been discussing is like, how can we really get to the managers? Because if you get to the managers, then you expand your reach, right? Because if I'm if I'm coaching a manager and talking a manager through like their own personal well-being and like what's affecting them day to day and like what are the strategies that they can employ to kind of show up with a, you know, a growth mindset and to, you know, kind of bring what they can that day, but being honest with themselves too. I mean, I do think that this whole thing hopefully is going to lead the, to this more like human centered um, way of, of caring for people and, um, and their whole person. Um, but I do think that by reaching these managers and helping them one-on-one -on -one and then um, by sharing some of the tools and the resources and the meaning behind them, that we can have a greater impact on the, their teams as well, right? We can kind of teach them how to like lead through that lens of well-being of their people. But it is, it's huge. It's like, it, it's, it's behavior change, right? And, and we know behavior change is not easy and there are multiple stages and, and um, different feelings and experiences in each of those stages. So it's just kind of meeting people where they are. And if we can get, um, I don't know, I mean, helping one person to kind of shift their experience and their mindset is like, that's a win. So can we do it for one more person and one more person? Um, but yeah, I think the outreach specifically to managers at this point to support them so that they can additionally support their teams is, is a big focus of ours. And approaching managers, it, it almost creates a tributary system, if you will, sort mm -hmm. of like an, an exponential communication system where you reach one manager right. and that's 20 employees and so on and so forth. So it is, yeah. a, it is a, hopefully a very effective approach. Um, yeah. But what other kinds of things are 
do you think we should be exploring to appeal to the sensitivity of our employees, as, as you alluded to, because we already used the word mindfulness, virtual exercise, Peloton. And, you know, I, I, I think when I first started hearing about the word burnout, I'm like, okay, what is this? Why is this so important? How are we going to approach this? And now, because I've seen the word burnout and heard the word burnout so frequently, yeah. I'm almost burnt out of the word burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, I know, you know, we have, there's a, a number of, um, obviously this issue has has certainly caught the attention of, of the, the executives and the leaders of our organizations, which I think is phenomenal. And there's a lot of people putting a lot of time and effort into um, kind of creating new pathways, I think, for people to engage with well-being resources, bringing more information out there, um, but one of the, the terms, I guess, that has come out of some of these is to kind of, yeah, get rid of the or avoid the word burnout, but talking more about, like, how do we care for the caregivers, right? Like, how do we, you know, show up for them in the way that they're they're showing up for others? But um, I don't know if that's a very good, <laughs> a good change from the word, the word burnout. I think I always think, yeah, like burnout has kind of become a negative in a way, right? So it's like, what can we focus on creating that's more positive, right? So like, I think a huge piece that we have to consider in well-being, and we do, and that maybe people who are just engaging in their own personal journeys is like values. What do you value? You know, because what you value personally is going to kind of create a structure for your own well-being, right? There are so many ways to be well and it has to be defined by you, you know? I, we always tell people, we're like, you know, the worst part about self-care is that like you have to do it. But the best <laughs> part about self-care is that you get to do it. You get to define it, you know? <laughs> so like helping people kind of establish like, what do you value in your life? What do you, you know, what, you know, what things bring you joy? What things do you um, get excited about? And how can we get more people bringing that to work? You know, instead of this kind of heaviness that I feel like we've all. Yeah, it's, it's like, how, how can you get people to undergo these changes to improve their well-being without using certain words? It's like getting your dog to get ready for a walk by spelling W-A-L-K and not saying <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I do wish. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you have do you guys have any good words that you've been shifting to? Um, I mean, obviously, well-being is a word that improve your yeah. well-being is a term that we use very mm -hmm. frequently. Um, burnout, we obviously use a lot in team meetings, but I, I think everybody's just so familiar with it that it's almost yeah. it, it's said without saying. Um, right. But, you know, there, there are things that, you know, even just in casual conversations with other employees, like, hey, like, what would help? Like, what is yeah. going to help? Because, you know, we're near three of here's a mindfulness session, which, you know, mindfulness is awesome. I love mindfulness. I try to practice right. regularly, but like three years of it in Omicron here now and everyone quitting their jobs or unable to go to work because of catching it. And it's just like, what's going on? Where what is, is this light on? at the end of the tunnel that we were promised? And I it's know. Tough to just keep practicing mindfulness and thinking, hey, this is going to get me to wherever these moving goalposts are. Mm -hmm. It is. It's almost like day, literally day by day, you know, like, can I, how, how can I create, you know, the best day today, 
like without over mm-hmm. over worry or over experience over you know and 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 living like what you value ab- about each day um it's hard because i feel like it's like we're in this space of this existential crisis in a way you know a lot of people it's like this like what what are what is happening what are we doing what's next and and that's hard right i think to be in a place where like maybe you can't count on the things that normally you would count on or you can, you know you can work towards something but not knowing exactly if it's going to shift or we've been in like a change management cycle for for almost 3 years so it's it's it is exhausting um and so maybe it's just managing or helping people to kind of one manage mindsets and two manage expectations. And that's a daily practice, right? Like even with mindfulness, I mean, mindfulness is, is a tough thing to kind of like get into and keep practicing, but like anything with well-being and behavior change, it's like a day to day showing up. So like, let's slow down and, and just kind of like take, take our stuff one day at a time. And I know some other changes, you know, I I alluded earlier to conversations with employees. It's, you know, it could be something is maybe getting approved sick time to go to preventative health care appointment. Like, hey, I have a well-being or my annual well check with my PCP coming up. And, you know, if I could use sick time instead of having to use vacation time, that would be great, especially, you know, working from home. I got to be pretty sick in some capacity to take mm-hmm. a sick day to you know not be able to you know be right. two feet from my bed right so you know maybe something like that um mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know what other things could be implemented but that is something that's come up a couple times that could be helpful but you know little things like that that do make a big difference instead of just you know having you know whatever thrown at you on some website or something not yeah that yeah wrong with a lot of the resources we have i think they're all great I right. use them, um, yeah. but at the same time, you know, just some fresh ideas are always good and having leaders, whether they're executives or whether they're middle management, like we touched on earlier, just getting reminders, tangible reminders from them yeah. that like, hey, like we are thinking about you guys and yeah. our slogan is the best care for your patients starts with the best care for you. And knowing that there are people aside from ourselves like we were just talking about that are looking out for us is always Mm -hmm. um always a nice reminder yeah yeah and i think it's i think when it comes to well-being it's like it's a personal yet a collective experience right it's like if the more we as individuals learn about ourselves about what we need. I mean, maybe mindfulness works for one person, but maybe somebody else needs to take like a long run in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there are a million ways to kind of like clear your mind and 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 we have all those tools, right? Like we have so much stuff in, in Limeade and on our side, we also have Mequilibrium. Um, but to get people to really just tune into like how they can help inside, you know, internally for them, which gives them more capacity you know, and it's just showing up in, in, a, in a way that's like, I'm going to care for myself because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to care the way and do the things I need to do. I mean, it's kind of, we liken, you know, we liken it sometimes to like, and I guess I'm still stuck here a little bit on managers, but um, I, it could be for anybody. It's kind of like being a parent. And I mean, I say this because I, I am a parent, so it, it speaks to me, but um, 
I can't give, I can't give from an empty cup, right? Like I cannot help them if I am not taking care of, of the, at least the basic needs, right? At least the basic needs that, that I have. And, um, and I think framing things for people too, like a lot of people are doing things that are considered self-care. People are caring for themselves every day. They're getting up, they're getting ready. They're going to, you know, so it's like, Again, I think a lot of that comes back to mindset, too, of like, how am I already caring for myself? And can I maybe create something a little bit more with a little bit more depth around that? You know, like, yeah, I like sit and have my coffee and my breakfast. But like, can I use that time also to read a book for fun? Yeah, or I, you know, something where, you know, you're doing things that are just like adding up to your little pile of good things. Right. Instead of I have to do all these things at one time. It's just little by little. Yeah, definitely. And you know, when you're creating that time for yourself, having the support of those around you, whether it's mm -hmm. the support of at work, obviously, what you're talking about managers, CEOs, etc. But even at home, the support of yep. your spouse, the support of your children to right. be like, hey, mom or dad needs this time to themselves. Let me mm -hmm. let them have it. Um, yeah, it's like that, which is what like communication. Mm -hmm. and boundaries which i think for so many people especially if you're naturally a caregiver which is which is the majority i think of a lot of people in healthcare um are caregivers so it's like boundaries and communication tend to be a little bit hard so it's really you know it's advocating for yourself and like i do i need i need an hour here just like you know give me some space give me some time um and then the boundaries between, you know, like we, we talked about earlier, like the boundaries have certainly blurred between work and home, but what can you create to kind of have an experience of, of leaving work where it is? And maybe there is a ritual or something that you do on your way home from work or when you get home from work um, that kind of sets that tone for you. But I think, yeah, the more we can communicate and the more we can hold boundaries for, for ourselves and others is is going to help us muddle through this. Yeah. And in terms of leaving work somewhere, as I wrap up these podcasts, I always like to end them with a fun conversation pertaining to the topic okay. or not. This one's not pertaining to the topic. Okay. Um, but I am a huge, huge movie person. And this is okay. a heck of a time to be a movie person because there's always, you know, the quote unquote Oscar movies that are coming out or have recently come out with award season coming up, et cetera. Oh. Um, what was the last great movie that you saw? Huh. Um, well, last night, actually, I watched Miracle on 34th Street. I mean, we're, you know, we're getting here into the holiday season and I didn't intentionally watch it. It just happened to be on, but it was one of those ones where I was like, I think I need this right now. And it was so, it was, it was lovely. I was, I was so happy to, to catch that. And then, yeah, so that was the last one I watched. Very nice. I actually then, haven't seen that. I haven't oh seen that. Oh my gosh, it's, are... it is such a good one. It's like so heartwarming. I know. I think in the last year, especially with all the extra downtime that there's been, or geez, two years now, I know we have been saying that this whole podcast, yeah. but um, right. there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen over the yeah. years that are movies like Miracle on 34th Street or yeah. prompts the reaction of somebody to say, what do you mean you haven't seen it? So <laughs> well, this was the newer one. This is the, the newer one. So there are two of the Miracle on 34th Street. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know I have to watch Ghostbusters. I haven't seen that. <gasps> Stop I know. it. 
I didn't see Actually, Forrest I did... Gump until my senior year of college. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, you have some, I hope you have some downtime soon. You can catch up on these movies. No, I, um, I did just see Ghostbusters 2 in the movie theater. Was it good? That was my last movie theater. It was, it was good. I mean, but I like, you know, I, it, it kind of, I think maybe the nostalgia part of it made it good, made, made it a little bit better, but it was entertaining. Sure. Yeah. I think that having been released in theaters recently is what prompted me to say, okay, yes. I haven't seen Ghostbusters. It's time, but. got to go uh, check it out. Exactly. But Lauren, yeah. this has been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Thank you so much, Mitch. This was great.